Today's guest is author Jessica Grayson. Jessica loves to write stories about strong female heroines and the aliens that cannot help but fall in love with them. She lives with her husband, cat, and dog in the San Antonio, Texas area. In addition to reading and writing science fiction romance, she loves swimming, chai, and dark chocolate. Jessica, what made you want to live a more creative life? Well, to be honest, grief. I lost my parents and my oldest sister a couple years ago, and it was devastating. So I um, hit that year mark. You know, everybody talks about, oh, it gets better after a year. Well, I hit that mark, and I wasn't any better. And I thought, I need to do something. You know, I need to do something to help me with my grief, because I'm just sad so much, you know? And so I remembered, I happened to be like at that time going through my mom's things. And um, I found that she'd saved like a newspaper clipping from when I was in high school. And it was a, a short story I'd written, you know? And I remembered her telling me um, when she read it, she was like, you should be a writer, Mejita, you know, you do what you love. And I thought, wow, maybe, um, maybe this is it. Maybe this is something I can do that can kind of help me process my grief and take my mind off of this. So I started writing and um, it worked. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing outlet. It's not just my grief therapy, but it's my joy now. I love doing it. And it just gave me back like this level of joy I didn't think I'd ever, I'd ever have again. So that kind of started me down that path and I'm glad I went there. That is a fantastic reason. Do you plan your projects in detail or go with the flow? And why did you make that your process? I'm kind of a plotter, I guess. I have like a sort of uh, vague outline of how I want the story to go. And then I just, you know, as I'm writing it, I kind of see where it takes me. And a lot of the reason for that is actually music. I love music, you know, like Lindsey Sterling, Sleeping at Last, Two Way Rain. I love those people. They, they just, their songs are amazing. And I can be driving and hear one of their songs and it'll just inspire this scene, you know? And I'll be like, well, there goes that plot. <laughs> You know, because all of a sudden I have this new scene that I have to incorporate that I got from this song. And so I try to stick to my plot as much as possible, but I am actually, I am a plotter. So I wish I was more of just a straight plotter because I feel like it would go a lot faster, but it doesn't always work out that way. I hear you there. I keep thinking if I could just plot a little tighter, stay closer to it, surely my word counts would go up. And that's never really what happens. There's always this little tiny throwaway line that I think, oh, but what happens down that path? Oh, yeah, exactly. There's like lots of moments like that where it's like, oh, I didn't think about this, you know? Or I'll be just, like I said, I'll hear something and I'll think, wow, why, why didn't I think about that with my character, you know? And how can I incorporate this into my story? So, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Do you have another job? And if so, what are the pluses and minuses about that? So yes, um, I'm actually a healthcare provider. The pluses are with that kind of job, you you get paid to make a difference in other people's lives. I mean, how great is that to do something where you're actually helping other people and you're getting paid for it? That's like a win-win. The minuses though, I mean, some days are great, but more often than not, when you work in healthcare, you see people and their families on their absolute worst days. And it's just it can really take a toll on you, like mentally, emotionally. Those days can be hard. It makes you really appreciate things. So I guess that's also a plus because 
I think to myself, I see these people, you know, and I'm like, I can walk unassisted. I can do things for myself. I can talk. I'm alive. I'm healthy. I went to work and I came home today. Life is, is fragile and you really, you see that when you work in healthcare. And so me and my husband have this conversation all the time. He's a, he's an architect. So it's like pretty much the opposite of what I'm doing, right? In my job. I always tell him, I'm like, you live in this rose colored world, <laughs> you know, like we'll be in traffic and he gets so upset when we're in traffic because we, we carpool in together. We both work downtown and he, uh, he'll be upset about something like, oh my gosh, this traffic is so bad. And I'm like, you know, be thankful. You could be the person in the red car up ahead that caused this traffic jam, but instead you're here listening to the radio and, and maybe you're gonna be a little bit late, but you know what? You're, you're doing good. <laughs> so I guess my job just helps me see the bigger picture and just appreciate things more. But yeah, it can be, it can be hard, but I, it's good. I like it. It's a good perspective on things. Yeah. What is something no one else knows about you that you wish other people knew and appreciated? So the thing is, having been through all this, this grief, you know, and, and realizing how hard it is, I will never judge anyone. So if like, say I have a patient that tells me, you know what, I'm addicted to pills or I'm addicted to alcohol or whatever, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to try and help you because I know how easy it is to want to go down a path like that just for any kind of temporary relief from the pain, the intense pain. Like I said, working in healthcare, I thought I had these great coping skills and I was ready for anything. But when I lost my family, I realized that was a pain like no other. I was definitely not prepared for that. Grief is an overwhelming monster. And I, I understand now how easy it is for people to want to numb their pain. Fortunately, I didn't go down a path like that myself, but I can see exactly the appeal of it. Just wanting to have that, that reprieve, even if it's temporary, from the intensity of that sadness. Because it's just, there's, there are no words to describe how awful it is when you lose the people you love the most in the world. And so I get it. So I will not judge anyone. You know, you, you talk in the break room with your coworkers and stuff and, and you'll hear like, oh, this guy, you know, he's addicted to pills or whatever. I don't know what his problem is. I used to be that person too. Like, what is this guy's problem or what is this woman's problem? But now I get it. So I'm not going to judge someone. If someone comes to me and tells me, hey, I have this problem, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you because I get it. It's, it's hard. Life is hard. Life is difficult. And I get it. So I'm not going to judge anyone. What are your favorite inspiration prompts, productivity tools, or creative routines? Like I kind of touched on before, listening to music is a big thing for me. Like I just, you know, I listen to music all the way into work, all the way back from work. And that's, you know, kind of a substantial amount of time in the car because of traffic. Like I said, I work downtown San Antonio. So songs have inspired entire plot scenes, entire plot lines, entire books. Um... I'm actually working on book six right now, and that was inspired by a song. <laughs> so um, songs are just a big thing for me. I don't know why that, that works like that for me, but it does. But I love it. It's good. It's a good process. What three things do you wish you'd known earlier in your creative journey? So, okay, I saw this Facebook post that said something effective. 
you know, in writing a first draft, you need to remind yourself that you're simply shoveling sand into a box so that later you can build castles. I used to be so hard on myself during the first draft process, and I still am a little bit, but nothing like I was in the beginning. So I wish that I had heard that sooner because that really spoke to me, you know, that you're just, you need to have the skeleton of the story so that that way you can really flesh it out afterwards. So now things go a little bit faster for me than they did in the beginning, but oh, I wish I'd known that sooner. You know, I wish I'd heard that sooner. The other thing I wish I'd known is that plots, you know, plot bunnies, plot lines, they wait for no one. I can be right in the middle of something and all of a sudden this great idea appears, you know, and if I don't write it down right away, it's gone, you know? And in the beginning I thought, oh no, this is, this is great. You know, I'm going to remember this later and I'm going to incorporate this in my story, but that's not how it works, you know? So I learned that the hard way. So now I try to make sure I put everything in color note the minute it pops into my head or I record like a memo to myself on my phone. The other thing, I wish I'd discovered the band Sleeping at Last a lot sooner. They are amazing. So, so many plot lines have come from listening to that music, especially their ocean album it's just so inspiring i just i wish i had discovered those guys sooner because i swear i have so many plots so many ideas just from listening to their music it's funny i've had a number of authors talk to me about the music they listen to and ones that have playlists for different types of scenes yeah. I think you're the first that's talked about entire plots being inspired by music. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's like, I'll hear this great song and all of a sudden just this whole plot unfolds before me. And it's just like, wow, I, it's amazing. I don't know why it works. I don't know how it works. I'm just glad that it does. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. What is the latest tool or resource you've discovered? Scrivener. I love Scrivener. Another writer introduced me to it, and I'm in love with that program. It's amazing. It helps me stay organized. It's so structured, and it's and it just makes it so easy to pick up where you left off in the first draft process, you know? So I have to thank Jade Waltz for that, because she's the one that told me about it, and oh my gosh, I love Scrivener. I will never go back to just regular word for my first draft. Scrivener makes everything so much easier. And final question, what project or message do you want to tell listeners about today? I have a new book, The Edge of It All. It comes out March 24th, and it's the start of a series of standalone novels, but set within the same shared universe that Lost in the Deep End is in. It starts off with Elizabeth's aunt. Um, Elizabeth was the heroine in Lost in the Deep End, and it's about her aunt Liana and her Mossaran warrior, Soren. Liana was touched on very briefly, like when Elizabeth told Merrick about this aunt she had that had disappeared when she was a child, her aunt disappeared on a Terran ship traveling back from Mars several years ago. And so this is her story. The thing I love about this book is that it really fleshes out like the bigger universe and the myriad other species that are only briefly mentioned by Merrick in Lost in the Deep End. There's this part in Lost in the Deep End where he gets kind of upset that Elizabeth is even thinking about taking a post on one of the new Terran deep space exploration ships. And she's really shocked at his response, you know, wondering why he's so upset. And the thing is, he's basically telling her, you have no idea what's out there. You know, like your people are so lucky that we're the first ones to make contact with you, you know, and in this book, in The Edge of It All, you'll understand exactly why he reacted that way and why he said that to her. And it's it's not all bad, you know, but it really does show a lot of the threats that exist in this universe. So it really, you know, expands this 
universe that Lost in the Deep End is set in, and it'll definitely add some more backstory about Merrick's race, the Valorans, and um, how they interact with this dragon warrior race of Mosarans and several others. So it gives you, it also gives more backstory between about Merrick and his betrothal to Vimea, and it'll give you like a readers a, a deeper understanding of what's at stake in this universe that Terra Earth now finds itself in after making first contact with the Valorans. You know, I made it so that you don't have to. This book is, it can stand by itself, but some of these characters will come up again in American Elizabeth's next book, Beneath a Different Sky, which comes out in June. So I'm just really excited about it. I can't wait for people to read it. I absolutely loved writing these. So, and I'm actually on um, writing a sixth book now in the, in the same shared universe. So I'm just excited about it. I'll ask you for the link so we can put it in the show notes. That sounds great. Thank you so much for being on the show today and have a lovely rest of your afternoon. Thank you, you too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Pants On or Off, all about creators and the creative process. If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future show, please drop by ellenwynbooks.com forward slash guests. Now go out there and make something fantastic.